So I have a word, a message that I want to share tonight that God spoke to me last year. Actually, it's been more than a year because he gave me the, these scriptures, Proverbs 3, verse 5 through 8. They're pretty common scriptures. He gave these to me before I needed them. I've always loved verse 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways and he'll direct your paths. I've always loved those scriptures and I've, I've kept them in my heart and prayed them for years. I didn't have any idea what was in verse 7 and 8. So I'm going to teach all of them. I can't teach 7 and 8 without going to verse 5 and 6 as well. In fact, Ken, I'm going to totally throw you off. Will you go to the very last screen with a chart, and then we'll come back to the beginning. You can turn your paper over, too. There's a chart, and this is so simple, but God makes things simple. And what I've seen through many, many months of letting this scripture come into my heart, what I've seen is that in these four verses, five, six, seven, and eight, God gives us a bunch of directions. That's the I will column. He also gives us two things that we are not to do and two amazing promises. So let me just, let me just, don't go anywhere, Kent. I still want that. <laughs> Let's go back there. I will trust in the Lord with all my heart. I will not lean on my own understandings. That's in the middle one. I rely confidently on you, God. In all my ways, I know you. I acknowledge you. I recognize you. I will fear you, Lord, with reverent awe and obedience and turn entirely away from evil. So in those four verses, there's all those I wills. There's all those directions there's two things God tells us not to do in these four verses. He says, don't rely on your own understanding. And he says, don't be wise in your own eyes. I'm going to teach on all this tonight. They're big deals. And then the promises. When we do the I wills and the I will nots, God's promises. Oh, baby girl, son, you just watch me take care of you. You just take a baby step. And watch me lead you, direct you, guide you, remove obstacles out of your way. And then the last promise, and this is a healing class. God says, it shall be help. We're going to talk about what that means when we get to the end of this teaching. But this is something God has been working and growing and, and teaching me through my own healing journey. And, you know, whenever he shows something to me, I like to show it to you. So now we're going to go rewind back to the beginning. Verse, actually, let's read the whole scripture together. Poor husband. <laughs> I love you, honey. Okay, let's read this whole set of scriptures together. Trust in and rely confidently on the Lord with all your heart. And do not rely on your own insight or understanding. In all your ways, know and acknowledge and recognize him. And he will make your paths straight and smooth, removing obstacles that block your way. Do not be wise in your own eyes. 
fear the Lord with reverent awe and obedience and turn entirely away from evil. It will be health to your body, your marrow, your nerves, your sinews, your muscles, all your inner parts, and refreshment and physical well-being to your bones. Renee, maybe that's why you're here tonight. That's a heck of a promise. A year ago, I was diagnosed with lymphoma. And the reason I was diagnosed is because I had so much pain in my back for probably a year and a half. And it had started kind of a little bit and got worse and worse and worse and worse and worse and worse until I finally went to the doctor. That's when they found it. And I'll tell you more about that last verse when I get there. But that promise has come to pass in my body. I don't have any more pain. There was so much stuff I couldn't do. I couldn't walk. I love to walk. I love to power walk. I love to do a little bit of jogging. So I, I jog for like a quarter of a, a, a mile or so. Then I walk. And then I jog a little bit. And then I walk. I couldn't do any of that. I couldn't do aerobics. I couldn't. Um, the things I love to do, I couldn't do. I can now. I am completely whole, completely well, because this word has ministered to me. The word is alive and powerful. It's not stagnant. It's not just words on a page. Let me, let me rephrase that. It is just words on a page if it's on your shelf. It is just words on a page if you haven't put them in your heart. It is just words on a page if you don't believe it. But God took those four verses and brought them to life in my heart. And they've come to pass. So let me share with you what God has just opened up to me. Verse 5. You'll see on your paper that I have paraphrased those scriptures to make them personal for me. So the first verse, I say, I speak, I trust you, Lord, with all my heart. Confidently, I rely confidently on you. And I do not rely on my own insight or understanding. So that's a two-part direction. The first part says, God, God says, trust me. I'm your daddy. Trust me. But the second part says, don't trust yourself. Don't lean on your own understanding. Don't rely on your own reasoning or your own insight or your own intellect. Now, I'm not going to spend a lot of time because I've, you guys know this part of my story. But when I went to um, the, the healing center last year, I chose not to get too much information. I chose not to research. I chose not to hear too much. I was given the option which is unusual. Most medical centers don't give you the option, but mine did. And when they gave me the option, do you want to know the side effects of the treatment? I said, no. When they asked me, you know, here's your portal. You're welcome to go and, and read everything. I said, no, thank you. I chose not to fuel um, um, the understanding part now, here's what I want to share with you, because that's all, I, want to, I want to go further than that, because I've shared that with you many times. I believe that second part of the first verse, don't rely on your own insight or understanding, that's hard for a lot of people to do. But I believe God gives us the direction. 
He gives us the help that we need. He doesn't just tell us to do something without giving us the ability to do it. So I'm going to share three more scriptures where he's teaching us how to do that second part. He's teaching us how not to rely on our own understanding. But the question is, the question is, will you be submissive and obedient? He's going to give us directions. I'm going to share with you what he's spoken to me. question is, will you be obedient to what he shares with you? Because we have a choice. We have a free will. So here's the first direction. This is Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7. God says this to you, to me. He says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Then you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. There's a lot of directions in there. The first one, God says, do not worry about anything. So when you have that cancer diagnosis, when you have a symptom, God says, don't worry. He said, instead, pray. What does that mean? That means you go to God and talk to him about it. And not only go to God and talk to him about it, he says, give me thanks. He said, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. So last night we had a testimony shared, a gentleman who had um, COVID pneumonia. We heard a testimony like that here last week. This is a different man, same story though, but this is what happened with him. He, when he, start, when he started with COVID, um, he was praying for healing. He was asking God to heal his body. And as he did and continued to ask God to heal his body, keep that in your mind, he was asking God to heal his body. He kept going downhill. He kept getting worse. He kept getting worse. He kept getting worse. And then he had an aha moment. This scripture doesn't say, ask God to heal your body. This scripture says to tell God your needs and then thank him. So Ned changed his prayer. And instead of asking God to heal him, he started thanking God for healing him. Because the work was already done. God is not going to do any more work today. He did all the work 2,000 years ago. He took the stripes on his back and he died on the cross for our redemption. And it's finished. We sang it. God said it. I believe it. God said it. It is done. So Ned changed his words. He kept getting worse. He didn't get better. But he was thanking God for healing him, even though he wasn't getting any better. Long story short, he ended up in the hospital very close to death. They called his children in in the middle of the night to make decisions about what they were going to do. But he didn't die. He had been feeding his heart. He'd been coming to healing classes for years, feeding his heart. And he was speaking, God, thank you for healing me. When he wasn't feeling healed, that's what faith is. Faith is speaking what you don't feel. Faith is believing what you don't see. And he started improving. His story's amazing. It's going to be on our website soon. The point is, he did this. He started thanking God for all he had done. Then, then comes the peace. I love God's peace. 
Peace isn't just an absence of fear. Peace isn't just an absence of that heavy feeling, although it is contentment, it is that feeling, but it's more than that. This is my definition of peace. Peace is the presence of someone named Jesus who overcomes the presence of darkness. And that's what God gives us. He gives us peace to guard our heart and our mind so that we can not worry, so we can not lean our own understandings because God's got us. God's taking care of us. Peace guards your heart and your mind. So that's the first beautiful scripture that God gives us to help us. Here's another one. 1 Peter 5, verses 6 and 7. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Set aside self-righteous pride so that he may exalt you to a place of honor in his service at the appropriate time. I'm going to hold verse 7 for just a minute because I want to go right there. God says to humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God and to set aside self-righteous pride. What does that mean? It means looking at yourself, your works, your faith, and saying, God, do I have enough? Am I doing enough? Am I doing it right? Either looking at your performance or looking at your problem. Both of those are self-centeredness. If your focus is completely on the problem, excluding the bigness of God, putting the bigness of God outside of the problem, the problem in your heart is bigger than your great big God. That's self-centeredness. Or if your focus is on your performance. Am I doing my scriptures enough? Am I, have I forgiven everybody on my list? Have I spent enough time with God? Have I read the Bible today? If your focus is on your performance, it's on the wrong thing. Now, when your heart is on the Lord, yes, you're going to want to be in his presence. Yes, you're going to want to read his word. Yes, you're going to want to let those promises be medicine to your soul. But it's not a work. It is a, a joy. So self-centeredness is dangerous. God says, put it aside. Set it aside. And then, verse 7, God says, cast all your cares, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all on him. For he cares about you with deepest affection and watches over you very carefully. Verse 7, such a treasure, such a treasure. That's one of those beautiful love words from God to you, from God to me. And when you, oh, Barb, I love to watch you. I love to watch you when I teach. Here's a lady that's probably been in the church with Jesus more years than most of us put together. And yet she is just melting in the presence of God right now and in these words that I'm speaking. That's what the word does. He cares about us so lovingly with deepest affection. And he watches over us so carefully. So when we're in that presence of the Lord, we don't need to figure it all out. Just give it to him. Cast your cares on him. Let him take it. So much easier. And listen to this word. One more scripture. A good one. Hebrews 13, 5. And this is from the Amplified Classic Version. 
you might want to write amp C after it so you can look it up in this translation because it's so rich. Listen to this. For he, God himself has said, I will not in any way fail you nor give you nor give up on you or leave you without support. I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless nor forsake nor let you down or relax my hold on you. Assuredly not. Bill, when you're in the chemo room and they're dripping the medicine in you, read that out loud. Let God saturate you, saying, I am so with you. That's what I did. When I was in that chemo room, I called it my spa day. Because that's what I did, guys. I was in, Kent couldn't go with me. He was with me most of the time because the center I went to doesn't believe in all this COVID baloney. And they want you to have your caregiver with you. But I did have to do the chemo thing by myself. So I, was, I wasn't by myself, though. I had my word. I had the promises of God. I had my worship music. I had my journal. And God was just speaking to me and speaking to me and loving on me like that. We can be in that place where we are totally trusting God and not trying to figure it all out when we just let God take care of us. The next verse, verse 6. In all my ways, I know and acknowledge and recognize you, God, and you will make my path straight and smooth, removing obstacles that block the way. So I taught on this a couple weeks ago when I taught about the yada factor. So I'm not going to reteach it, but I'm just going to give you a mini, mini, mini review. The first four words. Um, can, can you go to the next scripture, honey? The first four. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I should have put these on the screen as well. This is on your sheet, though. Um, the first four words in verse 8. In all my ways. That simply means in every facet of your life, in every, every facet, God wants to be part of it. He wants us to let him have lordship over every part of it. I think I said verse 8 and I meant verse 6. I apologize for that. Verse 6, in all my ways, God wants to be Lord in every facet of your life. And then he says, know me. In all my ways, know recognize, acknowledge the Lord. And that word, no recognize and acknowledge, is the yada factor. The word yada, that beautiful word in the Bible, the Hebrew word, that means to know God intimately, to know him personally. And he's saying in the scripture, he wants us to know him personally in every facet of our life. Yes, he wants us to know him personally in your healing journey. And right now, that's front and center. I'm looking at Bill because I know he's getting ready to start treatment. I'm looking at Renee because she's got a lot going on right now. And so many of you are here. We do. That's okay. God wants you to be there with him. He wants to be with you. But there are other situations, whatever it is, the little things, the big things. He wants to be a part of every facet of our life. And the promise is that, keep looking at the screen, I'm sorry. The promise is that he will make your path straight and smooth. 
when you know him, when you give him lordship over every single step. What I want to share with you right now is a little testimonial of how God did that in my healing journey. And again, I don't usually share about the healing center, but I felt I needed to because I know God directed me there. When I had cancer 20 years ago, um, I went, first of all, to the U of M Cancer Center, which we know is world-renowned. And then because of the distance and all that, we decided to go to Carmanos instead. And we had excellent care, excellent care at the Carmanos Cancer Institute in Detroit. Last year when I was diagnosed with cancer, I don't know why, but I had um, a nudge, I believe it was Holy Spirit, to call this place called CTCA. And I had had a few people that I ministered to that had gone there, and they were very um, pleased with the care that they'd gotten. And so I made one phone call, and this is how I believe it was God, not Cindy. I believe it was God, because that phone call was so easy. You know how when you go online and you find a number, a 1-800 number, you never know what you're going to get when you call that number. And it usually goes through this huge process of voicemail and et cetera, et cetera, hold and all. When I made that one phone call, I was on the phone within seconds with a real person, caring, compassionate, amazing. And then they took my, my case and took care of every detail. I did nothing. And I, I, again, I don't want to be a salesman for CTCA, but I literally did nothing. I never had to make travel plans. I never had to make hotel arrangements. I never had to uh, make appointments. They did it all. And their, their philosophy is, the only thing we want you to be thinking of is getting better. We take everything else off your plate. Anyway, so I went there, and the, uh, the doctors that I was assigned to, the doctor that I was assigned to was right for me. This doctor only spoke life, never spoke death only spoke best case scenario, never gave me the worst case scenario, gave me the option, how much to hear, how much not to hear. And this man was um, cheerful and uh, loved to joke. He always had a smile on his face. And do you know that, um, I don't remember the exact scripture, but uh, cheerfulness makes the, the, the bones strong or whatever. That's what happened whenever I was there. This guy was so, so sweet. But this is, um, this is another thing that happened that was just God directing my path. One day, I was, had a doctor's visit, and this jovial guy comes in like he always does, and, you know, just happy and teasing and everything like he always did. And in the middle of my visit, he got serious. And he said, I want you to know that I will pray for you. Yeah. This isn't a Christian, well, I think... The majority of the people are Christian. But that's not, it's not sold as a Christian um, cancer center. But let me tell you, the people there demonstrate compassion, demonstrate love. So anyway, he said he, said he was going to pray for me. Then he stopped. He said it again. He said, I mean it. I'm going to pray for you. Now, his name is Dr. Abu Talib. I thought he was Muslim. Then he's talking about praying for me. I'm thinking, well, maybe he's not Muslim. Maybe he's Christian. Come to find out at the end of my journey, he is Muslim. But this is what God spoke to me about my doctor that day. It was a chemo day. I was having a spa day. 
And um, God spoke this to me, and I wrote it down. This is what I felt God speak to me. He said, yes, my daughter, I want you to know with absolute assurance that I am taking perfect care of you through these doctors, my doctors, my staff. They work for me, just like you do, ministering healing to so many in spirit and in truth. And then he, God said, Dr. Abutala pleases me greatly. This is a Muslim, guys. God said, Dr. Abutala pleases me greatly. About a month or two later, I didn't see him anymore that visit, but when I came back, I had my journal with me. And I said, Dr. Abutala, I want to share with you what God spoke to me about you. And when I shared it with him, he was completely overwhelmed. He said, really? He said, God said that to you? I mean, he was just, you could tell he was just overwhelmed. And it was in the midst of the, the worst of the COVID time when everybody had to have masks on and everything. He came around his desk, hugged us both. He was overwhelmed that God had spoken that about him. God directed my path to the right place. The next verse, verse 7, it's on your sheet. I will not be wise in my own eyes. I fear the Lord with reverent awe and obedience, and I turn entirely away from evil. Okay, now we're getting to some meat. There are three directions God gives us in the scripture. He says, don't be wise in your own eyes. He says, fear the Lord with reverent awe. And he says, turn entirely away from evil. Interesting that God gave me these verses months before I was diagnosed with cancer. I don't really know why. I didn't understand the why. But he was speaking this to me. And what he showed me in the Bible, I didn't really, it was kind of one of those hard love, tough love kind of things. He kept showing me scripture after scripture that said, don't be wise in your own eyes, Cindy. Don't be wise in your own eyes. It's not all about you and what you think you know. Don't be wise in your own eyes. In fact, I'm going to read a few more scriptures. This is Isaiah 5.21. What sorrow for those who are wise in their own eyes and think themselves so clever. Romans 12.16. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. And one more, Proverbs 26, 12. Do you see a man who is unteachable and wise in his own eyes and full of self-conceit? There's more hope for a fool than for him. So I want to tell you how this came together during my journey of healing. Um, I, after the first visit, when they did all of the biopsies and got the, the diagnosis, the next time I went, I sat down for the first time with this Dr. Abu Talib, and he told me what the medical protocol was. And it was four rounds of treatment, cancer and immuno, I'm sorry, chemo and immunotherapy. Now, I'm a healing teacher. 20 years ago, I was healed supernaturally without any treatment. And he, you know, I had all this terrible pain in my back, and I had I didn't know it then because I never went to the portal, but I had cancer in 14 areas of bones 
in my body, 14 different bones in my body. And it was in lymph nodes all over the place, in my jaw, in my neck, in my abdomen, in my groin. And it was in the soft tissue around my spine. I had cancer everywhere. I lit up like a Christmas tree on the PET scan. And, and when he gave me that, um, the protocol, you know, the, the treatment protocol, we had to make a decision because we were in Zion, Illinois. It's about five hours from here. And if we said, well, we're going to go home and pray about it, that's a long way to go home and pray about it and drive back. And he wanted to start the treatment the next day. So we had to make a decision. So we said, can we have some time to talk and to pray? So he left the room. Our time to talk and pray was about 10 minutes. We had to make a decision. And we decided to say yes. Now, never in a million years would I have thought that I'd be saying yes to chemo and immunotherapy. But that day after we said yes, God spoke to me. And he said, Cindy, is your faith in your own faith or is your faith in me? I have faith in healing. With all my heart, I know that I know. I'm sorry, Roseanne. I didn't mean to scare you. But I know. <laughs> okay, that's Holy Spirit. It's not, it's not Cindy stomping on the floor. Thank you. I know that it's God's will to heal always. I know it. I know that by his stripes, I was healed. I know that healing is my inheritance. And I wasn't giving that away when I said yes to cancer treatment. But God spoke to me, says, is your faith in your faith? Or is your faith in me? And if your faith is in me, then that's where your focus is in the midst of treatment. Have faith in me for the treatment. And then he spoke to me again through Marlene Kleps. Marlene is a really close friend of mine. Um, many of you know her. She was healed of cerebral palsy. She was um, quadriplegic, legally blind, spastic, about as severe of cerebral palsy as I've ever seen. And she was healed in an instant, miraculously healed. She's one of my good friends. And I called her that day. And this is what she said to me. She said, Cindy, I agree 100% with your decision to take the medicine. She said she was proud of me. And she said, Cindy, you are journeying well. That's where the name of my book came from. And then she told me, she said, Cindy, I have seen too many people lose their life standing in pride, being wise in their own eyes. She didn't know I'd been meditating on the scripture. She didn't know that God had been telling me over and over and over, Cindy, don't be wise in your own eyes. And that was what I needed to hear that day. From that moment on, I never looked back and thought, did I make the right decision? Did I not make the right decision? Am I in faith? Am I not in faith? Never went there. My eyes were on God. And yep, I was head 100% in faith. You guys know I was here teaching every week completely overwhelmed with the bigness and the goodness of God through that journey. One more scripture about our intellect being wise in our own eyes. Our puny little intellect that's nothing compared to God's. This is Isaiah 55 verses 8 and 9. The Lord says, 
My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts. That word thoughts literally means plans and purposes. So God says, my thoughts, my plans, my purposes for you, Cindy, are nothing like yours. And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. And that word ways means paths, directions, and manner. So God says, Cindy, my path for you, my direction for you, and my way to get you there is far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways, my paths, my directions, and my manner are higher than your ways. And my thoughts, my plans, my purposes for you are so much higher than yours. So God said, Cindy, don't be wise in your own eyes. Don't think just because you are a healing pastor that I can only heal you one way. He met me right where I was and walked me through it with grace, such grace. The next part of that same verse 7 says that we are to fear the Lord with reverent awe and obedience. Now, this is a big topic. Next week, I'm going to teach on fearing the Lord. But I want to just give you this much today. Fearing the Lord is, is about reverencing him. Fearing the Lord is about looking at him with awe and with reverence. It's not a phobia kind of fear. It's not of like, oh, God is mean and awful and I'm afraid of him, like a father who is abusive. No, that's not what the fear of the Lord is. The fear of the Lord is awe-inspiring and reverential. Another piece of fearing the Lord is desiring to please him more than anyone else. It talks in the Bible about fearing the Lord and fearing man. And what God showed me last year in my journey, the very beginning, that same day, he said, are you more afraid of what the people are going to think if you take chemo and immunotherapy? Or are you, do you care more about pleasing me? And when I let go of fear of man and what people would think, it didn't even matter. Another part of fearing the Lord is trusting God, number one. Trusting God more than the medicine, more than the doctors, more than the healing center, more than anything. Trusting God. And that's where my eyes were. That's where my trust was. It wasn't on the Jesus juice. It was on Jesus. So next week, we'll really delve into fear of the Lord. And the third direction in verse 7 is to turn entirely away from evil. What God built up in me during this season was it didn't have, in my life, my focus wasn't on sin issues, although that can be evil. My focus wasn't on the evil that's in the world. That can be evil for sure. But where God had me looking was in my own sphere, cancer, pain, fear, um, what ifs, future, all of that stuff where the enemy tries to get in there and take up residence in your heart and your mind. And what God was speaking to me personally was, Cindy, turn away. 
Turn your mind and your heart away from evil. I believe, for me, this direction had to do with discipline over my thinking. Choosing what to meditate on, what to think about, and choosing what not to think about, what not to focus on. In Hebrews 12, 2, the Bible says, look away from all that will distract and focus your eyes on Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of your faith. And one of the best examples in the Bible about somebody doing this is Abraham and Sarah. So I'm just going to read a couple verses. The first one is from Hebrews 11, I believe. And there's, there's a, an example with Abraham and one with Sarah. So Abraham lived in, I don't even know where he lived, Luz or, okay, thank you, I got it right. He lived in this area, and he had a beautiful ranch and all his animals and cattle and his, his livestock, and God called him to leave, and Abraham did it. When he was called, he obeyed, and he went forth to a place which he was destined to receive as an inheritance, and he went although he didn't know or even trouble his mind about where he was to go. Can you imagine if God said, get up and move and leave? And you did it? That's being submissive and obedient. That is giving him lordship in a big way. And not putting your head, not troubling your mind about the why, the when, the where, the how, but just doing what God directs. And Sarah's example, because of faith also, Sarah herself received physical power to conceive a child, even when she was long past the age for it. Why? Because she considered God, who had given her that promise, to be reliable and trustworthy and true to his word. And then the other example about Abraham and Sarah is from Romans chapter 4. And in this verse it says, Abraham, who contrary to hope, in hope believed so that he became the father of many nations. So think about it for a minute. In Abraham's situation, it was hopeless to be the father of many nations. Hopeless. But scripture says, even when there was no hope, he still believed. That's faith, guys. The doctor says, no hope. The doctor says, stage four cancer. The doctor says, chronic, this is never going to turn around, learn to live with it. God says, by my stripes you were healed. That's Abraham chose to believe the promise instead of the circumstances. And I believe he did that by disciplining his thoughts. Let me say that again. I believe he did that by disciplining his thoughts. In the next verse, Verse 19, not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he, was a, since he was about 100 years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. So he didn't focus on his age, his impotence, his wife's barrenness or her age or the fact that she'd gone through menopause. He didn't consider it. He put his eyes on the promise. Now we know he wasn't perfect. You've read about Abraham in the Bible. He made a lot of mistakes. He tried to direct God's path instead of God directing his. But in the long run, he believed. 
and he did become the father of many nations. And the next verse says, he didn't waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but he was strengthened by where he put his head, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. So in our lives, when God says, turn entirely away from evil, turn away from those, those fearful thoughts, turn away from um, thinking the devil's attacking you every time you turn around and say, no, God, your word says this. Your word says that the devil is disarmed and defeated. No arms, no feet. He can't do me any harm like that. He's very disabled. And I'm not. I have the authority and the power because of what Jesus did for me. So discipline over your thinking is so very important. Okay, that leads me to verse 8. I love it. I love it. Here's your promise, Renee. I don't know who else needs it, but it's a good one. It will be health to your whole body. It will be health to your bone marrow, your blood, your nerves, your tendons, your muscles, all your inner parts, and refreshment and physical well-being to your bones. Now, here's what God did for me. This was so cool. Year and a half before I was diagnosed, I started having all that pain. And I thought it was sciatica. It felt like sciatica. I'd never had it before, but I'd talked to other people, and I thought that's what it was, and that's what I'd been speaking over. And then it was like I got an aha. It was like, I need a word from the Lord to stand on for sciatica. So I went to Scripture, and I looked up the word nerves, and I found that Scripture. I found verse 8. It's talking about nerves. So I started meditating on it. Then I looked at verse 7. That gave me all those directions about being wise in your own eyes and, and fearing the Lord and, and turning entirely away from evil. So it's like, okay, okay, God, okay. And I meditated and I thought about it and I, you know, did what I could do to, to live the word. And then months and months and months later, I was diagnosed with lymphoma. Lymphoma happens to be a blood cancer. And the, the very root of lymphoma is in the bone marrow that makes the blood. It's in the word. It's in the scripture. I thought all I had was a nerve problem, but God knew I needed the whole package. And he gave me this verse. I had cancer in 14 areas of my bones. And it says, refreshment and physical well-being to my bones. God gave me all of that in one verse. How awesome is God? He picked the best verse out of the whole Bible to give to me for what I needed. And I'd been meditating on that word for months before I was even diagnosed. God is so cool. That word health, it will be health. Because you might not need all that. Your blood may be fine. Your, bone, you know, your bones may be fine. But you can just take that first part. It'll be health. That word health is only used one time in the Old Testament. And it means a cure. And it means absolute healing. Absolute. No puny little remission that's going to come back. Uh-uh. Absolute healing. That's what I've received. Health. It's better than healing. It's even better. So... All of that came together, Proverbs 3, verses 5, 6, 
six, seven, and eight, and we're going to go to that chart one more time. So God says he's got all this good, good stuff for us, and each piece might be for you. One of those pieces on that chart might be for you. For me, it was probably don't be wise in your own eyes, the one that I really needed to delve into. But what is it in your life, maybe, that God is speaking to you right now? I will trust you, Lord, with all my heart. I will rely confidently on you. In all my ways, Lord, I know and acknowledge and recognize you. Yes, Lord, I will fear you with reverent awe and obedience. I turn entirely away from evil. I will not rely on my reasoning, on my intellect, on my opinion, on my understanding. I will not be wise in my own eyes. And God, you will make my path straight and smooth, removing obstacles that block my way. And all of that together will be health to my body and refreshing to my bones. You know the amazing thing? God gave me his promise before he gave me any of those directions. He gave me the treasure. He said, Cindy, this is for you. This is the gift I have for you. And then, over time, he showed me all of the important things that I needed to see and to live and to act upon. He loves us so much. So, Father, I just speak over this word, Proverbs chapter um, 3, verses 5 through 8. And all of, the, all of the parts, all of the pieces, all of the directions, all of the love, all of the promises that you've given to us in this word, I pray right now for the eyes of our hearts to be open to receive what you have for us. Whatever that is, it might just be one little nugget tonight. But whatever it is, Father, may we accept it. May we take it in like manna from heaven. And may it feed our soul and bring healing to our bodies. In Jesus' holy name I pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.